The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. We're going to go ahead and get started. I am Tim Devane. If I haven't met any of you, working with mobilization here in Minneapolis. So kind of my role is helping come along staff and students and transitioning students to walk well um, throughout life after college. We want you to have a powerful college experience where you interact with and meet Jesus or grow in your relationship with him. Um, but we really think we'd be, we'd be failing as a ministry if you just had a powerful college experience. We want to we see it continue for decades and decades afterwards where you're loving Jesus, loving your neighbor, making disciples, and taking the gospel and participating uh, in what God's doing to gather the, the ends of the earth. So um, that's kind of what I do. I, I work especially with students that are closer to graduation, but I'm available to, to anyone. So happy to connect here. Um, we, I want to highlight two things, just a couple of quick announcements. We'll touch base on them at the end too. But uh, obviously we're in some unique, strange times right now with um, the virus and the effects we're on, you know, I'm, we're learning how to use Zoom and things like that. Um, but what I really want to highlight from, from campus outreach is that while we are having to kind of grapple with things and make new decisions and determine what this means for our ministry, and obviously you're having to figure out what does this mean for your classes and graduation and summer plans and all that kind of stuff, uh, we just want to emphasize that while things are changing and much in the seen world right in front of us is changing in significant ways, in the unseen world, there's a lot that has remain totally the same. God is still working all things for the good of those who love him, his people. And so um, we in Kim's Arch want to get flexible, get creative, and figure out how we can best um, continue to, to participate in what God's doing on the campus, uh, in, in our city, and to the ends of the earth. So um, one of the ways we're doing that is starting on this Friday, the 4th, uh, we're going to do um, coffee breaks on uh, Fridays from 3.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. And it'll be different topics. It'll be over Zoom. Um, it'll be different topics pertaining to uh, both life in light of COVID-19 and then also just kind of uh, preparing you to walk well and strategically after graduation. So a couple of the upcoming ones are going to be on um, budgeting, just real practical. Um, one is going to be a career coach talking about um, the job market in light of COVID-19. And so that's maybe particularly relevant to some who are closer to graduation. One, we're going to have a, a counselor uh, who's done some training for us. She's going to speak on um, just kind of managing anxiety. And so there'll be kind of different um, topics that'll hopefully be relevant to students of all ages, but obviously it's going to be particularly geared toward um, life after college. So uh, we hope you can join for that. It's one quick hour. It'll always be um, a, a little kind of message talk and then um, some follow-up Q&A dialogue time. So um, hope you can join for that. And then one other announcement just to look out for, we've got um, uh, a big announcement coming this week from Reed Jillick as, as we think about kind of summer. A lot, obviously things are up in the air and we're kind of making some decisions and, and um, yeah, we're still moving forward with things, and Reed's going to communicate more clearly uh, later this week. So want to highlight those. 
And then um, one more thing, we're gonna, this is gonna be talked about tonight, but starting this Wednesday, Brittany Sheehy, staff at the University of Minnesota, uh, with a group of students is gonna start doing a weekly uh, world prayer time on Wednesdays from 12.30 p.m. to 1.30 p.m., an hour long, um, connect, pray for the world, encourage each other. It might include learning about different underage people groups, hearing from maybe some of Bethlehem's global partners or CO grads that are serving on the unreached um, and, and spending time uh, praying and interceding on their behalf and on behalf of what God's doing in the world. So um, the last thing I just want to highlight is um, I'm going to read Psalm 46. It's been a, a just a, a balm for me in this season and um, want to share a quick word and then we're going to turn it over to the traveling team who's here for us tonight. So Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the, wonder, uh, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of, er, end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So whether kingdoms are tottering, whatever we're facing, um, we want to continue to fight to have our, our hope in, in two truths that he closed with. Um, we can be still and know that he is God no matter what the effects of COVID-19 are, no matter what else is going on personally, because all of us are obviously being affected by that. But before that came along, it's not like all of us just had life figured out and under control. So now we're dealing with multiple messes. And, and yet in the midst of all of that, we can be still know that he is God for two reasons. One, because what he's been doing in the unseen realm has not changed. His mission to be exalted among the nations is continuing and as is he's he's pursuing that as strongly as he ever has he's in as we'll talk about tonight he's inviting us into that mission just just as he always been whether we're under quarantine or not we're, we're still called to participate in what he's doing and two we can we can have hope we can be still and know that he's god because he promises to be with us he promises here, he promises throughout scripture that he's with us always. And so that is, that is something that no, no virus can change and, and no other scenario can, can take away. So um, tonight we're going to hear from the traveling team. Uh, they're a ministry that goes around to, to various campuses and tells people about God's heart for the world and what he's doing among the nations and how students can participate. I'm going to let them share more, but the only other thing I just want to say is a plug that um, Cassie and I have sort of crossed culturally, and, um, and I know other staff on our team who just are, are passionate about the world. Many of us have been really influenced. I, I can look back to a month after I became a Christian. Uh, I, I don't know if Reed was there, but I know Andrew, another guy who's on staff, 
brought uh, brought me to hear the traveling team, and it was the first time I hadn't grown up in a Christian context where I, I it was the first time I learned about um, God's desire and purpose is a is a global one. It's not it's not just in in little Roseville, Minnesota, what I was familiar with, but but he was doing uh, a work across the the ends of the, the ends of the earth and and calling us as his followers to participate. So that's been I, I would say uh, that one talk was. Um, just really monumental in God moving, opening my eyes to truths of scripture that, that I might have read right over and not seen. So I'm really excited um, when the opportunity came, even with the virus affecting things, it was like, we've got to make sure we find a way to, to make this happen. So um, I'm going to turn it over to, uh, I think, to Tanner for right now, and I'll let them introduce themselves or, or take it away. Yeah, great. Thanks, Tim. Uh, yeah, my name's and I'm originally from Southern California. What's up? I'm Tanner. I'm from Arkansas. We are married. Uh, we live in California, currently in Arkansas. Long story. You guys get it. Lots of long stories these days. Yeah, and I'm Caroline, third member of our team. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Just graduated from Auburn. Well, not just, but last May. So, yep. So we are the traveling team. And like Tim said, we travel all across the U.S. to universities. We partner with campus ministries like Campus Outreach. And we come in and we cast vision for students on God's heart for the world. And so we are missions mobilizers. And so we're really excited to be here with you guys tonight. We know this is a little unique. You know, for some of you, you didn't expect to be back in your mom's basement and with your cat. But I think that this is a really great way and a great time that we can still connect through Zoom and, and still see what God is doing around the world. And so basically what tonight is going to look like is Tanner he's going to walk us through the entire Bible. So we're going to start in Genesis. We're going to go all the way to Revelation. And we're going to show you guys just how all throughout scripture, God has always been wanting people to know him. And he's wanted the whole earth to know him. And so we're going to look at what is God's mission from beginning and end of scripture. And so we're going to give you a biblical foundation behind God's global heart. And then I'm going to share a little bit more on the world today. What does the world look like, the task remaining? And then Caroline is going to share with us some really practical next steps we can take now and for the rest of our life and to engage in God's global mission. And so that's kind of what it'll look like. After that, we're actually going to break off into our campuses and do some discussion groups, and then we're going to pray for the world together, and that's going to be our night. So we're really excited. But with that said, Tanner is going to take it away and talk about the world. Hey guys, my name is Tanner. One thing just might be helpful for you guys in these Zoom meetings. Uh, it might be helpful for you to turn it on speaker view. It's up in the right corner. If you're in gallery view, I'm really, really small. If you turn to speaker view, I'll be bigger. Uh, another thing is it might be helpful to stop your video. Uh, if you think you're going to be like getting up and moving around like that, you know, it's like a a room where everyone can see each other. It's like we're sitting in a giant circle. And so things like that might be a little bit helpful. Um, and just in a minute here, I'm gonna throw up some slides that are gonna be helpful for us as we're reading out throughout the scripture. But like Amber said, my name is Tanner. And man, I am pumped to be hanging with you guys for the next 15 minutes. Like she mentioned, we're gonna go through the entire story of scripture, all of it, Genesis to Revelation in 15 minutes, looking at this theme of God's mission to reach all of the world. Now, this is maybe something we've seen before, maybe something we haven't seen before. Maybe when we hear about missions, we have ideas about missions or we're not really sure what it is. And that's all okay, wherever we're coming from, this is gonna be a really, really helpful, helpful activity for us to go through the story of scripture looking at this. Because one of the cool things about the mission story of the Bible, the mission theme of scripture, is that it has a lot to do with our life purpose. And I know all of us want to have a life purpose. 
because all of us are human, you know? So uh, no matter where, we're, where we are, whether we're on staff, we've been on staff for years, whether we're a freshman, whether we're a senior, whether we're just like not really sure where we are in life anymore, all of us want to live a life purpose and we want to live a life that matters. Like we want to live for something big enough that when we get to the end of our lives, it's worthy of, of doing and have done. And so I remember growing up in a, about 10th grade, I was like, man, I've been trying to find a life purpose. Like, I can't find it. You know, like, where does life purpose come from? Like, do I Google it? Do I ask Alexa? Like, I don't know. And so finally, 10th grade, I just decided. I was like, I'm going to choose my purpose. And my purpose is going to be focused on academics and success and money. You know, all I have to do is ace high school, ace this little test called the SAT, no big deal. Ace college, make a million bucks. And so as you guys can tell, I was really setting myself up for success in my purpose. And so I started pursuing that. Problem was, 10th grade, I took my first SAT, and then I got my first SAT score back. And I was like, shoot, <laughs> I have the wrong purpose. You know, this is not for me. You know, like this is someone else's purpose. Like they took the SAT, they did way better than me. And I was like, I'm not gonna like fail and drop out of life or anything like that. Like this is not my purpose. Like there's gotta be something else. And so it set me on this trajectory to try to find another purpose. And I was like, man, is my purpose, is it video games? You know, is my purpose, is it sports? Is my purpose relationships? Is it my job? Is it, will I find my purpose when I go to college? And I just continued to search for what my purpose could be. And I couldn't find it. That's until I had a friend come up to me right before I was about to enter into college. And, and he basically asked me, he said, Tanner, have you ever read the entire Bible before? And I was like, wait, what? He's like, have you ever read the entire Bible before? And I was like, people do that? Like all the pages? And he's like, yeah, it's a book. And I was like, that's a terrible excuse. Like there's a lot of books I haven't read. You know, give me another, other reason other than the fact that it's a book. And he said, Tanner, if you pick this book up and you read it from Genesis, the first book, to Revelation, the last book, you will find God's purpose for your life. You will find God's purpose for your life. And that invitation from my friend many years ago changed my entire life. And that's the invitation that we want to bring to you guys this evening. We want to invite you into the story of scripture, a story that is based on God's heart for the world to reach all the nations and all the peoples and all the earth. And so what we're going to do from this point on is, man, is, is, is I'm going to throw up some slides here and we're going to trace the theme of God's heart for the world, the mission theme of scripture all throughout the story of the Bible. So in the beginning, Genesis chapter one, God creates everything. He creates mankind. He creates mankind and gives them a commandment. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So from the very beginning, God's heart is that the world is filled with people who know him, who worship him. By chapter three, we see that mankind screws up everything <laughs> and things just kind of spiral out of control from this point on. So by chapter six, things get so bad, God floods the entire earth. By chapter nine, Noah and his family step off the ark and God gives the exact same command to them that he gave to Adam. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. So though mankind is walking away from God, God still desires to know and love all the peoples of the earth. A few chapters later, we meet a guy named Abram. He will later be named Abraham. And we see a, a foundational passage and a foundational story in scripture. And I want us to look at this passage and I'm going to give us some, some context to this passage. And then what we're going to do is we're going to trace what this passage says all throughout the story of scripture. So in Genesis chapter 12, here's what we see. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, Abram. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In Genesis chapter 12, 
The entire earth is walking away from God. Yet God chooses one man, Abraham, makes a promise with that one man, and desires to keep this promise and make it the story of scripture. Here's God's promise. He says, Abraham, man, I want you to leave everything you've ever known and go. And if you do that, I, the God of the universe, then I'm going to bless you like crazy. Like I can do that. But I don't want those blessings just to stop with you. I want them to move through you because I want these blessings that, that, to reach all of the families of the earth through you and your family, Abraham. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God makes a promise to Abraham. And this promise becomes the pattern of scripture. What we're going to see is this pattern is God blesses his people to be a blessing to the nations. Now, if you're taking notes, mental notes, or whatever on your computer, like whatever it is, man, take note of that. God blesses his people, not to keep it to themselves, but to be a blessing to the nations. God blesses his people to be a blessing to the nations. So what we're going to do is we're going to watch God state this pattern, and we're going to watch him trace it throughout the entire story of scripture. Look at how God begins to repeat this pattern. He repeats it to Abraham's son, Isaac, Isaac, I'm going to multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. He says it again to Jacob, Isaac, Isaac's son, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So we got three guys from the same family, the same mission. God blesses them to be a blessing to the nations. God desires to use them to reach the world. And what's amazing about this mission that God starts right here is it's not just in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's life. It's actually some of the most well-known ideas and stories that we have in scripture. I mean, one example would be the Ten Commandments. You know, I think we hear the word Ten Commandments and oftentimes we think like the Ten Commandments are kind of like, I don't know, it's like the rules that God gave us so we can't have any fun in life or something like that. You know, like it's like the rules of the pool, you know, like, hey, you can come to the pool, but no running, no jumping, no diving, no swimming, no fun. You know, like that's how we think about the Ten Commandments. And, and that's not God's purpose because God states what his purpose is in giving commands to his people. It's a blessing that they may be used to reach the world. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy about these commandments. Keep them and do them for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples. But when they hear all these statutes, will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. The blessings that God gives his people are used to reach the world. And the Ten Commandments are a blessing to guide people's lives that their light may shine to the world around them. God pushes forward this pattern in the Ten Commandments through Moses and his people then. What about probably the most well-known story that we have in scripture, the story of David and Goliath? It's like the, it's the, the plot of every single sports movie ever, you know, but it's, it's the original underdog story. It's in the story of scripture. But look at how David doesn't make the story about him and his blessings. He makes it about the world. He makes it about God's heart. Right before he slays Goliath, he says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Why? That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. David understood that he was blessed to bless all the nations of the earth. David grows up, he becomes king. He has a son named Solomon. Solomon becomes king. And Solomon is actually known as like the most wise and rich person in the world when he's alive. You know, like that's amazing. Like just think about that for a second. You know, like I have neither of those. I'd be willing to take one, you know, just like wise or rich. Like I, I would be, you know, poor and wise or whatever, you know, like, but he has both. And what does he use them for? Look at what it says in First Kings. Thus King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom and the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom which God had put into his mind. God blessed Solomon to be a blessing to the world around him. Do we see this pattern? I mean we're just we're moving fast I know there's a lot that we want wanting but man it can we just continue to trace it the Psalms look at one of the most famous Psalms that we have Psalm 67 follows this pattern may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us like this is a good thing a blessing but why? 
that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. God blesses his people to be a blessing to the nations. And this is not an isolated incident in Psalm 67. It's in a couple of others, if you just want to check them out whenever you get a chance. All throughout the Psalms, over and over and over and over and over again. Like, this, is, this is almost funny, you know? Like, if we want to call the missions, let's just read the Psalms. These are all examples throughout the Psalms talking about people's, nations, languages. But we got to keep going. The prophets talk about this mission. Look at what Isaiah says. Join in the mission to reach the world. I will bless you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Habakkuk says it this way. He says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And then Malachi, he's the final book in the Old Testament. Malachi says, for from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great where? Among the nations. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord. All throughout, all throughout the Psalms, guys, all throughout the prophets, all throughout the Old Testament, God has a heart for the world. It's amazing to see. And, and this is something that I, I had no idea. Like growing up, I missed 100%. Like I'm from Arkansas originally, which basically means I was born in the church. You know, like I was very familiar with the Bible as a whole, but I wasn't familiar with the story of scripture and God's mission all throughout. But when we go through slides like this, it might seem like it's kind of obvious, you know, like how did I miss something so obvious? But to be honest, like I miss a lot of obvious things in life. Think about this for a second. No joke. A couple of years ago, I sat down with some friends and we decided to watch the movie Pirates of the Caribbean, number one, the only one that really matters, just, you know, <laughs> number one. And I've seen this movie like so many times. I know everything about a movie. It's like my favorite movie growing up. I knew all the characters. I knew all the plot lines. I knew everything about it. Like I thought I was the most familiar person in the world with this movie. But we're 10 minutes into the movie and I asked myself the question, where does Pirates of the Car Caribbean take place? Think about that for a second. Where does Pirates of the Caribbean take place? And I thought with my limited knowledge of geography, I could figure it out <laughs> and uh, I couldn't. And so I turned to my friend, I'm like, hey, where does Pirates of the Caribbean take, take place? And my friend's like, I have no idea. That's a, that's a genius question, you know? So we're both dumb. And then we turned to our, another friend and the same friend's like, I have no idea. <laughs> and so we finally turned to another friend. And as we asked, we realized, I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean, it takes place in the Caribbean. You know, I missed the most obvious thing that I could have missed about this entire movie. And here's the thing, like, I didn't beat myself up about that or like feel shame or guilt about that. Like, that's not typically how we react to things, like when we miss obvious things. The typical reaction is that we live differently in life. And so coming into the Zoom meeting earlier, like you hadn't heard of, of the mission story of scripture about how God's heart for the world is not just for a few people, man. It's an invitation for all of us to play a part. And maybe you've missed that before. And that's like from up to this point, like we're all good. But from this point on, now that we see how obvious God's heart is, let us look as we turn to the New Testament and see the invitation he's giving us to play a, play a part in reaching the world. Let's take a look at the most famous verse that we have in the entire Bible, John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is... This is one of the most well-known stories in scripture, verses in scripture, because it points to the gospel, the fact that, man, we are broken people, we are sinful people, we are guilty before a perfect, holy, just God. We cannot save ourselves, but because God loves us, he sent his only son, Jesus, to live the perfect life we could never, ever, ever live, and then to die the death we deserve. That's the good news of the gospel, the fact that we cannot save ourselves, so God did it so that we can walk in relationship with him as we created to, as we talked about in Genesis chapter one. 
This is good news. And what John 3.16 makes clear that is so often missed is that it says, for God so loved the world. This is not good news just for a few of us in Minneapolis or wherever we are across the U.S. This is not good news for just our campuses. This is a message for the entire world to hear. The good news of the gospel is for the world. And then Jesus rises from the dead, and he gives some really clear final commandments. Probably his most famous final teaching is called the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, is what it says. But as you can see on the slides, the Great Commission is not actually one verse in Matthew. It's five verses all throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Jesus commissions out his disciples multiple times. He invites them to align their life purpose with his mission to reach the world. Look at what he says. Mark says this, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Luke says it this way, repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. John says it this way, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And like, this one makes me like scratch my head sometimes. I'm like, what, what's happening? But think about Jesus making eye contact with us and saying, hey, just as the Father sent me out of his love, out of his heart for the world, to save the world, in that same heart, I am now sending you as my followers out. Guys, he's sending us out into the workplace, and he's sending us back to our hometowns and our parents' houses to be a light for the gospel. He's sending us to the ends of the earth to be a gospel. He's inviting us into his mission. That's number four. And the fifth commissioning statement in Acts says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Five times Jesus repeats his command. Five times Jesus invites his followers into his mission to reach the world. Why would he do this five times? It's because he wants to make his heart clear. He knew his disciples understood basically nothing the first time, and so he wanted to make sure he was going to repeat it as many times as possible while he could to invite them to align their purpose with his mission. And this invitation then is our invitation now, guys. We get to play a part in this. The disciples, they understood the good news of the gospel so the world John says this, he, Jesus, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, but not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. Jesus, John understood his purpose and his, his, the good news of the gospel was a message for the world, and he was going to be a messenger for it. And then we have this guy named Paul. Paul was not one of the original followers of Jesus, not one of the original apostles, but he becomes a missionary and plants churches all around the world during his day. But never one time does he quote Jesus on God's heart for the world, because for Paul, he always looks back to the beginning of Scripture, to Abraham. Look at what he says in Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. He says, if you are Christ's, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. What Paul is saying here is this, if you are part of the family, if you are part of Jesus, like if you're your follower of Jesus, you're a Christian, and you're part of Abraham's family, Abraham's offspring. If you're part of Abraham's offspring, you inherit the promise that God made to you. So what Paul is saying right here, man, guys, pay attention. This is amazing to see. He says, in Genesis chapter 12, God made a promise to Abraham that through him and his family, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And he said that promise goes from Abraham to Isaac, to Jacob, to Moses, to David, to Solomon, through the Psalms and the prophets, to Jesus, to the apostles, to us. We're invited into this mission. We're invited into this purpose. God is inviting us to align our life purpose, whether we're stuck at home, whether we're back in, whether we're in a town, we're not really sure where we're supposed to be. Like what, no matter what our circumstances are right now, what we think about COVID-19 or what it means for our life or when we're graduating or what we're studying, whatever this means, no matter where we are, a stage of life, God is inviting us to align our, our purpose with his mission, with his pattern all throughout scripture. And the amazing thing about this, guys, is that when we turn to the final book of scripture, Revelation, 
we see his promise kept. We see his mission complete. We see the worship party in heaven and God's heart for the world fulfilled. Revelation chapter five, read with me this. And they sang a new song in heaven, saying, worthy are you, Jesus, to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. God keeps his promise made to Abraham. God desires to know and love all the peoples of the earth. And when we get to the heaven, we will see every people represented from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation worshiping Jesus. This is amazing, guys. This is our hope. And here's the thing, guys. The world's going to recruit us for the rest of our lives to align our life purpose with something that it thinks is best. The career, the major, the money, the perfect house, the perfect lifestyle. But, but we're here saying God, all throughout the story of scripture, is inviting us he is inviting us to play a part in his story like no other story. And so my invitation to you guys is the same invitation my friend gave you. And, and I want to invite you into this story. God wants to use us to reach the world. And so I'm going to invite Amber up here. And Amber's going to share more about the state of the world and what the world looks like and what it looks like for us to reach the world today and where the biggest needs are. So let's welcome up Amber. Sweet. Well, you know, with that, yeah, we think that it's really important to give you this biblical foundation, but also we want to give you an idea of what the world looks like, because I think that will help us in seeing the task and just seeing what our role can be. And so, you know, Tanner talked about Paul, and Paul, you know, before he met Jesus, he was so far from God, but when he accepted Christ, it radically changed everything, where he wanted his literal purpose to be to make Jesus known in all the earth in the places where Jesus wasn't known. And so in Romans 15, 20, Paul says this, I make it my ambition to preach Christ, not where Christ's already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. Tanner's trying to pull it up. And if he does, you can see it. But if not, basically the idea that Paul wanted his life purpose to be going to places where people do not know Jesus to make him known and then go into the next place. Like that was his life purpose, which I think is an incredible life purpose and a big life purpose. And it's easy for us to, to look at that and think, cool, well, that was Paul and that's not me. And that was Ben and that's definitely not now. But what's crazy is, is that there are places in the world still where people do not know Jesus and they couldn't even if they wanted to. And so Tanner's going to pull the map and there's an area of the world that we like to talk about called the 1040 window. And so for some of you, maybe you've heard it before. If you haven't, it's okay. You didn't like miss anything or, you know, you wouldn't have learned about this in geography class. Uh, and so basically this is the term that Christians have created to identify where in the world is the most need. And so the 1040 window is an inv invisible box that runs from 10 degrees north latitude to 40 degrees north latitude. It runs from the west of Africa all the way to the Middle East, out past Asia, uh, the east of Asia. And basically in this box lives a total of 5 billion people. Okay, that's a lot of people. That's uh, two thirds of the world's total population. And out of those 5 billion people, 3 billion would be considered unreached. Because so I want to define unreached for you. Unreached is different than unsaved. And so unreached would be someone who's born, lives their entire lives, and dies without ever hearing a worship song, without ever having a Bible translated language, without ever having opportunity to go to church or meet a Christian, right? Like the unreached, they are completely without hope in Jesus. 
And so there's a difference between unreached and unsaved. Unsaved would be people in our lives, maybe they're our friends or our family, people who have had opportunity to accept Jesus, but they haven't. Unreached is they've had zero access. They've had zero opportunity to know Jesus, even if they wanted to. They say that if every single believer, every single Christian can share the gospel with their non-Christian friends, the 1040 window would still exist. So that means that there's a gap, that there's not even someone who could tell them even if they wanted to, which is crazy. And I think that it's worth sitting on that for a minute. And if we haven't ever learned about that, like that's okay. But just realizing that, like what it actually means to never have known Jesus and to be completely without hope and, and knowing the best news ever, right? And what's crazy is too, that those 3 billion people actually represent 97% of all of the world's unreached. And so that's not to say that there's not unreached people on your campus or in Minnesota or in the United States, but 97% of all the world's unreached live in the 1040 window. And with that, uh, the crazy thing is that only 4% of long-term cross-cultural missionaries are doing 97% of the work. So out of all the missionaries in the world, only 4% are going to the 1040 window. And so I think if you are taking notes, those are two really good stats to know that I think just give us an idea, a realistic idea of what the world looks like. And I think that if we thought about it long enough, I think like the 97% makes sense, right? Based on world religions and places in the world where they are and cultures. But the 4% is more shocking, right? We've heard campus outreach is sending missionaries to the field. Maybe you guys grew up in churches and you've seen long-term missionaries go into the area of the 1040 window. But yeah, that, that's the reality when 4% are going in. And I would say that this could be something that maybe you guys talk about in your discussion groups is why. You know, why is the 4% so low? I think there's lots of reasons. I think maybe because of finances, right? It costs a lot of money. It's not free and it's not cheap to get overseas. I think it's easy to be here where it feels comfortable and our friends and family are here and we know the language and we know the culture. Or maybe it wasn't our plan and we haven't ever really considered or thought about going overseas. And so that's why the 4% is low. People aren't thinking about it or maybe the 4% is so low because people just don't know about the 1040 window. Right. And I think like we could sit here, we can make a huge long list of all the reasons why the 4% is so low. And I think that a lot of those reasons are valid, right? It does. It costs a lot of money. It, it's hard to get there. There's language, there's barriers that you have to overcome. But I also want us to realize that the 4% is still gone and they've gone for one major reason because God is worthy and God is worthy to be worshiped among all people. And that's not the case yet. There's people who do not and cannot know them even if he, they wanted to. And so the 4% were willing to go regardless of the cost, regardless of the money, regardless of the time that it took or the language that they had to learn. And so I know for me, it can be really discouraging to just sit in the reality of the 1040 window, to sit in those numbers. But also I, I want us to, yeah, look to the fact that this 4% have still gone and they've gone amidst the obstacles, which is so cool. And so I think even for us, if we've never really thought about that before, you know, like I said, maybe this is our first time learning about this. Maybe that's something worth talking to God about and asking him the question, God, do I believe that you're worthy enough that if you asked me to do something crazy and wild and like move to the box that I would do it because I want you to be worshiped among all people. And so, yeah, we, we, we do this and we talk about the world because I think it's helpful to, to give us a picture and to even bring some importance to the mission that Tanner just talked about. 
And so we've talked about what God's word says. We've seen what the world looks like. And so now Caroline is going to come up and she's going to talk about what is the work we can do? How can we engage in God's mission now and for the rest of our lives? So. Thanks, Amber. So yeah, we've just seen God's heart for the world all throughout scripture. And then we've seen the weightiness of like what the world looks like. So what's the work that we as followers of Christ can do now, even in a time as crazy as this one that, uh, that we're living in. Um, and so we can primarily, we're going to, the next few minutes, just talk through some practical next steps of how like we can live this out going forward. And we're going to hit mainly two ways, going and sending. And so for going, we go here. What I mean by that is we go here across your city and across your campuses. You guys live in a big multicultural area of the United States. And so the crazy thing is God has brought people from some of the most far off places in the earth, like places in the 1040 window to your city and to your campuses international students. And so I know you guys aren't on your campuses right now. And so this could look a little bit different, but let me paint the picture for you. When you're on campus or when you're around these, around international students, you're around people who have never had access to the gospel before. They've never heard the name of Jesus. They've never held a Bible in their, in their own language or just held a Bible in general. And for the very first time in their life, they have access to the gospel because they're in proximity to you. And that is the craziest thing ever that God is bringing the nations to be in the coffee shop that you work at or to be in your biology class. And I just want to empower you guys to like, I hope that empowers you guys to take advantage of those opportunities because when they leave to go home, that could be the end of their access to the gospel. So they're here maybe two, four, six years, however long they're coming to study, and then they're going to return home to their country. And so what would it look like if we could reach out to them and, and be compassionate and they want and they want to be friends with you. They want to have the college experience that you're probably desiring to have as well. And so impacting them with Christ, impacting them with the gospel now so that when they go home, um, they can share that with their friends and family. So we want to challenge you guys to, once you get back to campus, to start reaching out to them. But even now, I think this is something that was, I kind of hadn't thought about until a week or two ago. These students are still here in your city right now. They haven't been able to go home with everything that's going on. And so I don't know how you guys are feeling about everything that's going on. I'm sure there's a range of emotions between like you feel at peace or maybe you feel super anxious. I don't know, but imagine for those students who aren't, don't have the privilege to go home or don't have the privilege to leave campus. And so Tim is actually super involved with, which you guys probably know this, with international students. So talk to him about ways that even right now, in the midst of everything that's going on, you guys can be reaching out to them and, and showing, showing them Christ-like love, even in the midst of this. Obviously, there will be parameters with that. But, and then when you go back to campus, whenever that is, when you get to go back to school, making friends with an international student or seven, however many. Um, but that's just a great, super practical way that we can be engaging with the nations right here or right in your city. Um, so that's going here. And then we'll talk about going there. So obviously the 1040 window is there. And so what would it look like for you guys to go on a short-term trip while you're in college still? 
there's something that you have while you're in college that you don't have when you graduate, and that is breaks. That is summer, that is spring break, winter break, whatever. And I don't say, I don't remind you that those end to bum you out, but just to tell you to use them strategically. So through your ministry, through campus outreach, you guys have incredible opportunities to go overseas. I know usually you guys would have summer trips and that looks a little different right now too. Um, I think that looks different for most ministries at this point for this summer, but even taking this time to pray and say like, I've never really considered going overseas before. What, what could that look like in my life in a future summer or in a future spring break? Um, so challenging you guys with that, I know you through Camps Outreach, you guys have CO Lead, which is a two-year opportunity. And so thinking about that during this time and praying about that, because that is, like I said, you guys have breaks and summers now, and you won't have them forever. And then also, you guys have been given passions and gifts and talents that you're, things that you're good at, things that you care about by God, and you can use them strategically in a cross-cultural context, whether, you know, you're studying medical, like nursing or something like that, and you, they need doctors overseas, they need businessmen and women overseas, they need teachers overseas, pretty much anything that you're studying or anything that you care about, you can use it cross-culturally, and so what would it look like to just be asking God, hey, giving me this passion for children or for the medical field, how can I use that to advance your gospel. And so I'm going to just challenge you guys to, to go on one overseas or trip while you're in college and ultimately pray about a lifetime. So that's going. And now we're going to hop over to sending. So sending, we'll first talk about praying. And I think prayer is something that sometimes we take for granted, or at least I know I do. Like as followers of Christ, we have the opportunity to call on the God of the universe, the God of creation to do crazy things, like change the numbers in the 1040 window. Like we can do that. We can intercede on behalf of people that don't even know they need to be interceded for. And so I would just challenge you guys to start praying for the world, especially now with everything that's going on, asking God to use the craziness going on in the pandemic to bring people to himself and to make himself known amongst people who've never heard of him before and, and to pray for laborers to go out into the harvest. The Bible tells us that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. And so to pray to the Lord of the harvest to raise up laborers. And so even in the midst of this, to be praying for that and, and to be praying for missionaries who are already overseas and that their ministry wouldn't be affected by this. Um, just a practical way that our team, I know, is engaged in the world through prayer is we have reminders set on our phones for 1040 a.m. every day. 1040 a.m., 1040 window. Not because we're super spiritual, but because we're forgetful, or at least I am. And I want to be intentional to pray for the world and I know if I don't have a, a reminder every day, I might forget. And I want that to be something that's a part of my daily routine. So that's something simple that you guys could even start doing tomorrow. And another thing, I don't know, maybe you've heard of this. It's an app called Unreached of the Day. And later when we um, pray for the world, we're actually going to use this app to do that. 
But what it is, it's a giant database that's been compiled with all the unreached data that we know of in the world. So every single day, it will give you a new unreached people group that you can specifically pray for. And it will tell you statistics about them, where they are in the world, do they have the Bible in their language, and on and on in it. It kind of makes the, the 3 billion unreached people seem a little bit more tangible and it, a little more specific in like ways you can be praying for them specifically. So that's two ways, two awesome ways just to set a reminder on your phone and then also to download that app. It's totally free. And then also, Tim mentioned, there's going to, uh, through Campus Outreach, you guys are going to have a weekly world prayer meeting. So take some time out of your day. I know everyone's schedule looks a little weird right now and you're trying to figure out what the new normal is, but make that a part of your new normal. And, and plug into those prayer times of prayer with your ministry. It's, I think that will be a great way for you guys to connect and then also just to intercede on behalf of the world together. Great opportunity, super excited about that opportunity for you guys. Um, and then the last thing we're gonna talk about is giving. So I know a lot of you may feel like broke college students. I get that, like I mentioned, I only graduated a year ago, so I feel you, but I think Someone challenged me with this, and so I want to challenge you guys with this. If you're not going to be faithful with what little you may feel like you have right now, you probably won't be faithful with a lot. And I know it's easy to say, I'll give when I have more money or when I have more of an income, but I think developing an attitude and a lifestyle of generosity now will have a direct correlation with the way that you give in the future. And at the end of the day, goers can't go without faithful and sacrificial senders. And so if we're not going to be the ones to go, we need to be faithful in prayer and faithful in sending financially. And so just some practical ways that you guys can do that would be to find missionaries. I know that you guys have, this is a very specific opportunity that you guys have through your ministry, a couple that graduated and is now in the 1040 window and they're looking to raise support. And so if you don't know this, most missionaries live on monthly support by a team of supporters. And so this couple who is now in the 1040 window is raising support. And so what an incredible way for you guys as kind of their previous ministry or launching ministry, if you will, to to send them and to say, hey, I don't have a lot. And guys, I know sacrifice is going to look different for each of you. It's for what sacrifice for one person may not be sacrifice for another person. But ask God, what, what does that look like for me? And what would it look like for you guys to give $20 a month or $50 a month if you make the big bucks um, towards this, this couple or towards another missionary family if you maybe um, know others? who need more monthly support. So that's a great practical way that you guys can start giving even now in the midst of all that's going on. And then also down the road, if you have friends who are going on trips, they're gonna have to support raise for those as well. And so helping them out. And then finally, one more just practical way that you can give is we're partnered with an organization called the GoFund. And the GoFund, is incredible. They alleviate college debt for long-term cross-cultural missionaries. So for people, individuals or couples who have said, yes, we're going to the 1040 window long-term, they will take on up to $100,000 
of student debt if that's the last obstacle or the last barrier keeping them from going overseas. And so if you don't know of, well, I just told you about a missionary couple that you can give to, but if, you know, if you don't have like a friend that you can give to down the road or someone that you feel led to support, that's a great organization that we stand by and every single penny that's given to them goes directly towards alleviating college debt for missionaries. So totally check that out. Or maybe you're like, hey, I kind of feel like the Lord is leading me to go overseas long-term, but I have college debt. Keep that in mind as well. So I just said a lot of words, but to break it down, it's one, 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 one. So one international friend or seven, one short-term trip while you're in college, praying once a day for the world, and then finding um, one friend or a missionary that you can support financially. So I hope those are practical and you guys feel empowered and like those are steps that you can begin to take to live out God's heart for the world, even, even now in the midst of quarantine and everything else that's going on. And we really, we want you ultimately to leave tonight with a bigger view of God, seeing that God loves all people and just the sweet invitation that it is that God wants to use his people to complete his, his mission, which is so awesome. So yeah, we hope you grew tonight, but we also want to help you grow beyond tonight. And there's kind of three ways that the traveling team can help do that. And so the first way is through Instagram. Uh, you can follow us at The Traveling Team. We're posting some of the top missions content out there. We're posting scripture and statistics and quotes. And what's really cool is over the next month or two, we're going to be doing some really cool live events where we actually share some unique content that we're not uh, sharing campus to campus. And so follow us. Check out the live events. We're super excited for what is to come with the Instagram the second thing is going to be resources. And so the traveling team website is a great resource for you guys. We have some incredible articles. And so we obviously weren't a part of the discussion groups and we hope that some really cool things were talked about, but we also know that maybe from tonight there was questions that you have, or the Lord is stirring things in you. Maybe you want to go, but you're nervous about support raising, or you want to go, but your parents don't want you to go, or you're struggling with this idea of calling and purpose. And so the traveling team's website, we have some incredible articles written to students about those topics and so many more. And so go to the traveling team website.org at the top right. There's a button that says resources. And so that will be super helpful for you guys and just learning more. And then lastly, and this also kind of has to do with resources is the traveling team. We want to send you guys some resources. And so one of the ways that we're going to do that is there's a form on our website. Uh, that we want you guys to go to if you're interested it's called gosend.info basically what this is is it's an online contact card that allows our team to reach out to you guys to help you process uh, the three of us we do this full-time we live on financial support we travel all over the u.s to literally help college students figure out their role in god's mission because we know that it's not easy and we know there's questions you have maybe you want to use your degree in a cross-cultural way and you have no idea where to start whether it's teaching or engineering or the medical field, right? And so we, the three of us, want to be people to help you guys process, answer questions you have, maybe make connections. And so we can do that by talking to you guys beyond tonight. And so maybe that means talking on the phone or uh, just texting. And so if you guys want to connect with us beyond tonight, you can fill out that form, go send.info. And if you do, uh, we, the traveling team, want to send you a free book and a free prayer map and maybe some other cool things from the traveling team, like stickers and things like that. So go send.info. We'll get connected with you guys, send you some resources, and it'll be awesome. So 
that's it from the traveling team. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at cominneapolis.org.